When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football, brought to you by Inside Texas. I am your host, Justin Wells, and joining me today is Inside Texas beat writer and a little bit of does a little bit of everything, Joe Cook. Uh, this is usually uh, Bobby Burton's spot, but Bobby's on vacation, so we told him we would uh, take the reins this week and, and try to help him out. And we've got a little bit of football to talk about a little bit from the Under Armour camp. And then we're also got a lot of basketball to, to catch up on. Uh, Texas is uh, obviously made the big dance. And now we'll, we'll talk a little bit about their first round matchup with Virginia Tech and, and stuff like that. And so uh, what are we really talking about in football wise uh, right now, Joe? What's kind of the, the, the main topic you're looking at or kind of in the spring right now with, with Texas football? Yeah, we're about a week away from from spring practices getting going. Um, I bet next Monday we have a press conference and Tuesday will be practice one uh, for Steve Sarkeesian. So uh, pretty interesting. It's a lot of guys who first spring. uh, Think about Quinn Ewers. It's his first spring at Texas. Uh, Xavier Worthy. It's his first spring at Texas, even though he played last year. uh, And then a handful of other guys in that 2021 class, also their first spring, plus guys such as uh, Malik Murphy, Ryan Watts, just any of the transfers, Isaiah Nayor, Jaleel Billingsley. There's a lot of guys in their first spring at Texas. So uh, we'll be doing some preview work over the the next week or so uh, regarding a bunch of different positions uh, with spring practice getting going and what some guys need to do during these 15 practices in order to best prepare themselves for the 2022 season. We had no idea that Xavier Worthy was going to be the number one receiver in this team last year. I mean, we, we, we saw the highlights. We, we knew that he brought a, a unique skill set, but I don't think anybody, including Xavier, expected what we saw. Now there's expectations. How do you think Worthy is going to be able to handle that where you're getting the team's best corner against you? You're getting a defensive coordinator that's scheming against you. How do you think you're, he's going to be able to adapt to that? Yeah, that's basically what my preview is going to touch in on. This is a big spring for Xavier Worthy to uh, just learn how to be focused on all the time. I think everybody kind of after that Oklahoma game, so toward that second half of the year, defense has figured out, okay, we need to watch this number eight guy. Uh, but up in, you know, that was half the games. And he did all right, but he was hit and miss. Uh, and there were some, some other factors, even at quarterback, uh, that had to do with that. You know, some of the things that uh, Xavier Worthy has going for him is, one, just, just being in spring, more opportunities, more reps is always a good thing. Two, Brennan Marion is thought to have a, a good coaching acumen as a, a Bolitnikoff Award winner would let you know. And three, he's got two guys with, uh, though unproven or still very early in their career, who have a lot of uh, great passing re- or reputations as a passer with Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. So uh, he's going to have those opportunities. Uh, he's going to learn how to uh, handle uh, a bunch of different you know, defenses, giving him looks and Another thing he's got helping him is probably Isaiah Nayor is going to shield him from some of the more focused 
from opposing defensive coordinators. Marcus Washington played all right in the tail end of last year, but that was it. He played all right. Uh, Josh Moore was very inconsistent before leaving the team. Jordan Whittington wasn't there for a significant portion of the year. Uh, so this is going to be big for Worthy just to learn how to handle and get open on his own, which he did well last year doing, but uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher this year. Having quarterback help, having wide receiver help, having coaching help, that's going to be a big boost for him uh, during these spring practices and uh, should should help him uh, finally have a 1,000-yard season, even though he's just two yards short this past year. I loved your point about Isaiah Nayor. I think that's a guy that will, will take some attention away from Xavier, especially later on in the year. It may take a few games, a few weeks, but that's a guy that we, we hear so much positive about. I mean, this is a guy that's getting ready to prepare himself over the next year or two for the NFL, and, and he has been an outstanding acquisition. I can't wait to see how the he gets his timing down in the spring, uh, during springtime, because that's what these guys need. They need that timing. You want a good passing team? They need the spring together to get their routes and everything together. They do throwing sessions. You know, they did that all through January and February, but now it's 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 starting to get real. A um, couple quick recruiting notes. Uh, one, uh, uh, young uh, Brennan Thompson hit me up earlier. He's actually in Austin today. Uh, that the Spearman Speedster uh, 2022 signee. We were talking about receivers, and it kind of reminded me. Brennan's actually doing a track workout right now uh, around in Austin right now. He, he's on spring break, and he came in for a visit. And I'm going to catch up with him a little bit later today. But I like that he decided to come to come to Austin for his spring break to come to work out with with, with some of the other guys and, and whoever stayed in town and, and things of that sort. And so I know Texas fans will be happy to hear that. And, and Brennan will be on campus in June. And that'll be another guy that's he's he's kind of he's similar to a worthy. He may not be as polished as a receiver, but he certainly brings the speed factor, uh, especially when you're running 10 twos, 10 threes, 10 fours and 100. And that's with a you're just now coming off a busted ankle. Also, on Sunday, Eric Nolene and myself uh, from Inside Texas covered the Under Armour camp. Uh, just a couple quick notes from, from that. Uh, Jonte Cook uh, confirmed that he would be visiting Texas on March 26th and April 2nd. He's coming back-to-back -back weekends, and that's pretty substantial for the top target in the 23 class at wide receiver. And that, to me, was, I think, very noteworthy. Also, J.V. and Toviano, he continues to talk up Texas. This is a, a guy that Texas was in on early. And then towards the end, uh, Alabama started creeping up. OU started creeping up. Well, when Lincoln decided to take his brisket to, to Cali, uh, it, he kind of lost connection with the Sooners. And so I think that's allowed Texas to kind of jump back in. And don't discount Maurice Blackwell and Travell Johnson. His former teammates at Arlington Martin are giving him a lot of good advice on where he, he should go and where he belongs. And so just a couple quick recruiting notes. Man, it's March Madness. I uh, actually just took my cousin to the airport. He's headed to Las Vegas. And this is the time of the year you go to Las Vegas. Now, he's not a degenerate gambler, but all of his frat buddies are. And so he's going to uh, he's going to get a dose of that. I, let, let's start off from, you know, from the top. Texas gets Virginia Tech, a team that is 13 and two in its last 15 games. Give me what I'll tell you what I think, but I want to hear yours first. You cover this team a lot closer than I do. What does that first round matchup look like, Joe? Well, I don't know if it's going to be pretty on offense for Texas, but that defense has played well pretty much the whole year, uh, no matter who they're against. And let's say the opposing team has just some, you know, super athletic guard and a, and a effective big. So basically Baylor or Kansas, 
which they went one and three against, they, they've tended to do pretty well against them on the defensive end. Uh, but Virginia Tech can shoot the ball and they can shoot it well from outside. So uh, one of the, the, the problems, or I guess weak points in Chris Beard's defense is they make such an emphasis on not letting anybody get into the middle that it could clear up shots outside. They've got to be very, very exact in their rotations. And even Christian Bishop said this yesterday in a media availability. They got to get rebounds. Uh, Virginia Tech cannot get multiple possessions because they'll pass it around and they'll take those perimeter shots. It's pretty interesting. This is a team that uh, one is built on perimeter shooting. That's Virginia Tech. They got hot at the end of the year. Uh, and then they got hot in the ACC tournament and played their way into the NCAA tournament. And you got another team who just got good efficiency numbers, but just isn't very good percentage wise at shooting outside. So uh, this could go and either be, you know, a game played in the fifties and sixties, or it could end up depending on who's got a shoot good shooting night or if both teams have a good shooting night playing into the end of the seventies. But I think the real key for Texas is to keep Virginia tech to one shot possessions, uh, get those defensive rebounds. So that's Christian Bishop, Dylan DeSue, uh, and get to the line. That, that's really one of the ways that helps them win more. Uh, it's not shooting. It's not, you know, tra it's not really a transition offense. It's just getting to the line. Uh, and they, I think they'll be able to do that in, in some regard, but I think a lot of the, the, the biggest key is just keeping Virginia Tech, keeping their shooting numbers from outside low because a three is more than two. And if those start falling quickly, it, it, it's tough, especially for a team like Texas to, to try and make things make that margin back up. That's that you're right. You get in a big hole, you know, Virginia Tech hits three or four in a row. And before you know it, you're down 10. Texas is not built to outscore teams. Texas is not built to overcome 10 point deficits. Uh, I, I thought something was funny yesterday. They asked Chris Beard, what are you going to work? How are you going to work? What are you going to do with your shooting? Like what, what's the, uh, the strategy to try to help uh, shots land? What, what was his response? Yeah. He said, he's going to start praying, uh, which, <laughs> you know, at this point in the year, uh, I don't think that's him throwing his hands up, but there's not much more he can do. It's not like they're going to do a miracle drill and be like, oh, that's that's how we up our team shooting percentage by, by five points. Uh, you, you just got to hope that the, the, the open looks start falling and that the contested ones, you get lucky every now and then. Um, the open looks have been there at times for Texas, but they, they just haven't fallen. Um, we'll see if Jace Febris is a guy who can – uh, help out this offense. He's he's gotten more and more minutes as the the year has gone on. Uh, he's defended as well as he can. Um, his his shot has progressed better and better throughout the course of conference play. And if he can kind of start to extend defenses, opponents won't be able to pack the middle against Texas like they tend to. Uh, opponents probably won't zone up Texas as much as they would want to if they can if Jace Febris of all people can start shooting a little bit better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, these guys, they, they take a lot of shots. They, they try to make a lot of shots in practice. Uh, there's no, there's no magic, you know, magic pill secret sauce right now to improve shooting. It's just get the looks, hope that they're good ones and, and fire it up. I think one positive for Texas is they have experience. They've got a ton of experience. And in, in March, 
that's that's invaluable a lot of times. I mean, it's it's guard driven. I feel like year after year, but that experience has got to help Chris Beard and these guys. And and that's another thing. Chris Beard's used to this. He's used to having teams that aren't the best at shooting, but they figure out a way to climb the ladder in the tournament. They figure out a way to to get to the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, and ultimately the Final Four. Um, if for some reason Texas is to beat Virginia Tech, and if you look at a lot of brackets, it's Virginia Tech, that's the sexy pick right now to upset. Everyone just kind of takes it for granted that Virginia Tech is going to win that game. I've seen teams before get hot late, get into the tournament because they won their conference tournament. And at the end of the day, they wind up exhausting too much. I've seen UConn do it when they were in the Big East for years before. Uh, you know, they, they put so much on getting to the tournament that it's kind of a, an exhaust. You're kind of like, you don't have a lot of emotional uh, baggage still built up there. But uh, if they do get past Virginia Tech, they get the winner of Purdue and Yale. And I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know a ton about Purdue or Yale other than, you know, a, a little bit of <laughs> about their pro, about their athletic departments. But Purdue is always a great team. That's a team that is so is always well coached, always has good shooters, play solid defense. They're deliberate on offense. They don't take bad shots. Purdue is, is definitely a team, I think, if Texas is able to get past um, Virginia Tech and Purdue gets past Yale, that, that'll be an interesting matchup. Um, I got a couple bracket busters. You know, I was looking over it earlier, and, and every year we, we see this, the, the 512 uh, bracket buster, the 314. Uh, you know, we always see that. I, I've got a couple I want to throw out there, and, and you could just give me your quick, uh, your quick uh, take on it. I've got 13 Vermont over number four Arkansas. Um, Arkansas was playing really well earlier in the year, but they've, it's, been, it's been kind of inconsistent, uh, so to speak. But Vermont's a type of team that is incredibly well coached, disciplined, and they know exactly who they are. Yeah, and that's pretty close, I think, to uh, Vermont. It's not like Vermont, you know, right. packs the stands, but that's a ways for Arkansas to, to have to travel. And uh, for Vermont's one of the better mid-major teams. They, they've always, you know, it's not like a team that snuck into the tournament. I think they're, what are they, Atlantic 10? Yeah. or they're an Atlantic 10 team near the top of that conference most years. And, you know, you have to win that tournament in order to get there, uh, but they win it and uh, they made it in. I'll give you one. I, I like the way UConn has played this year, but this is just above them, the matchup right above them, New Mexico State. The Aggies under, under Chris Jans has played well. Uh, Timmy Allen's brother, Teddy, plays for them. They won yeah. the WAC tournament. Uh, that's also a team that I think is has a good chance of uh, – knocking off their their higher rated higher seeded opponent in the first round um trying to look through the bracket i've South got another Dakota state maybe could be one just because they they have a pretty don't i think they just fire up a bunch of threes um i was riding high off of one of the big 10 tournament title but i think south dakota state that was one of those teams that uh people who were looking at texas potential matchup they wanted if they wanted a team to avoid, it was like a, a mid-major champion, conference tournament champion, not a uh, team that snuck in, kind of. And not to say Virginia Tech snuck in, but they weren't going to make it unless they won that tournament. So they snuck in. They, 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 had, <laughs> they had their flaws. They had a hot streak at the end of the year, but they definitely had their flaws. South, uh, I think South Dakota State's a little bit of a, a, a different example. That's one of those mid-major experienced teams who uh, had a lot going for it and, and won its tournament and is going in. I think in a, in a pretty good position. So th those are my two. Um, what I've was the another, other one that you had? I've got another one. 
you know, last year I rode Houston, University of Houston, Kelvin Sampson's bunch uh, down there, in, down there off Cullen Avenue. Um, I rode those guys last year because Quentin Grimes, that was one of the best teams in the country. They, they had multiple scores. Well, Grimes is gone. Houston's still winning. They still had a great season. Sampson still does a tremendous job, but they got a, you know, they're the five seed coming in. They've got a 12 matchup with UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. That is a program that is playing extremely well right now. And that's a group that, you know, I, I really think losing Grimes is going to be a, a, a bigger loss for Houston than people are anticipating. And, and like I said, they still have a five seed. I believe they were a three seed last year. So it's not much of a drop, but I, I got to give UAB a ton of credit. I believe they won their conference championship. They are playing really, really good ball. They play really good physical defense. And if they can get up on Houston a little bit early, I think that's there's always a five twelve upset and to me going through the the, the four that we see so far I, i'm kind of feeling that one right now i'm with you what about your uh, your final four my final move four. on to that yeah I, i'll give it down you know I, if, if anything this will help our listeners and our viewers to understand you know to maybe go another direction mm -hmm. uh, because i haven't filled out a bracket in a few years for a good reason it's pointless <laughs> but um i've got gonzaga from from one from one end, uh, I just they're Gonzaga. They 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 reload. <laughs> Drew Timmy's incredible. Chet Holmgren is uh, is probably the first or second pick in next year's draft. I, I really like Gonzaga. I got Baylor. I am not picking against Baylor until they lose. Baylor. I understand they lost a ton from that team last year, but that's another bunch that reloads. Scott Drew, what he has done in Waco, there's not there there aren't words to describe it. They, they are the power when it comes down to this to this area, this region. And, and, and Baylor, I think that they've got the, the chops to make it back simply because they make shots and they've got hellacious athletes and, and ball players. On the other side, it's an SEC. It's an all-SEC. I like Auburn. And I, like, I love what Bruce Pearl and those guys are doing. I think they've kind of played over their head a little bit earlier in the year. And I think it kind of caught up with them at the end, but they're still so well, so well coached and, and Pearl does a tremendous job. And then Tennessee is my final one. And I, and I say that with nothing but love for Rick Barnes. Um, I, I've been on with Tennessee a couple times over the last two years, just because they're, 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 they're a good team. You know, they're a Rick Barnes team. They've got good guard play. They're going to shoot. Well, they're going to rebound. Uh, they may not shoot free throws very well, but, th but they're going to do all the other little things, you know, pretty well. And so I like Tennessee. I believe they're in the – I can't remember if they're in the Arizona bracket or the Kansas bracket, but I don't have faith in either one of those programs to come out of it. So I do – if it's not Auburn or Tennessee, it's going to be somebody else. I just don't think Kansas has the dogs this year, and I think Arizona's playing a little over its head. But uh, that's, that's, that's mine. What about yours? I got Gonzaga. Uh, I'm going to go Kentucky. So I'll disagree with you on Baylor just because I think that that lack of depth is going to catch up to them. And I, you know, it, it's easy to think about that throughout the course of the year. And, you know, ever since uh, Jonathan, uh, I think Sean Moshachua went down against Texas, but, you know, they're going to play uh, North Carolina or Marquette in, in the second round. And then they're either going to get UCLA who really slows it down and knows how to play it slow or Akron or St. Mary's. They're going to get some tough matchups. And I just think Kentucky's got between uh, uh, Oscar Shibway and Ty Ty Washington, those guys. Um, I think that Kentucky just has a, a team that's one of Cal Perry's better ones and one that's a, a national title contender. Uh, on the other side, yeah, I'm kind of with you on Arizona. 
um, with you a, a little bit on, on Tennessee, but I still think Villanova with a guy like Colin Gillespie, that's tough, tough to beat. Real and, tough. If he, and if Colin Gillespie matches up with Tennessee, which there looks like they'll do in the sweet 16, I think he can handle those Tennessee guards, but it would be pretty neat to see uh, Rick Barnes lead Tennessee to their, their first final four and in his second. And then in that bottom, right, it's hard for me to pick against Kansas, but I just like Auburn way too much. I, I'm with you on Pearl and Jabari Smith. I, I, I don't think he'll end up on the Rockets. I think he's a little redundant, but <laughs> I've, I've watched Auburn games this year just to watch him and what he's done is, is so impressive. And as well, same thing, Walker Kessler, they got a, a post presence. They have a, you know, a, a unicorn type guy. They have a good guard. And then they have a post presence who, who's one of the best shot blockers in the country. And of course, Bruce Pearl calling the shot. So those are my four. I haven't even filled it out. So I kind of, these are my teams just on the spot. Uh, but I, I, I think this will be a, a pretty good one. And yeah, I'm with you on, on Arizona, but I'm going to, I'm trying to think of who I would pick. I might pick Auburn, really. I, I think that between Pearl having been there before and some of the talent that they have, that may be my pick. You know, I like that you brought up Nova uh, because Jay Wright, you know, he, he, he won a couple titles, uh, you know, three or four years ago. They had to kind of reload. Give that guy credit. He came into Texas and took a kid that nobody wanted <laughs> and turned him into a, to an All-American. And, and you, you got to love that. Anytime a, these schools come down to Texas all the time for a reason, because there's some hellacious basketball that gets played, Texas high school basketball. And so, Joe Cook, I sure do appreciate it, big man. You got any parting shots? None at all. Just watching a little baseball this weekend. They got College of Charleston and then the Citadel, but Friday at 3.30 or Friday at 2.30, I should check that out. I'll be ready for uh, be ready for some NCAA tournament action and then spring football next week. Busy time, hey, good time. I'm excited about baseball just because Ivan Melendez, mm-hmm. he is he's doing so many things. I mean, I think a couple of these balls he hit last week are still traveling. They're still trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, (laughs) But um, I really appreciate you joining the show. I really appreciate the viewership uh, for for joining us on, on Texas football. Please come come see us at InsideTexas.com. Please like, and subscribe. So you can be ready to catch all the videos when they come out. And uh, we're looking, we'll come see you guys in another couple of days. Thank you.